Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I like waking up to the smell of bacon. Sue me. And since I don't have a butler, I have to do it myself. So... Most nights before I go to bed, I will lay six strips of bacon out on my George Foreman grill. Then I go to sleep. When I wake up, I plug in the grill. I go back to sleep again. Then I wake up to the smell of crackling bacon. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Today, I got up, I stepped onto the grill, and I clamped down on my foot. That's it. I don't see what's so hard to believe about that. Uh, that, that you, you, you have not dialed the wrong channel on your Peacock device. That clip was suggested last night by a reader who saw the very clear similarities between the steps to which Michael Scott went to prepare his bacon in advance to Chris's cockeyed scheme on a daily basis <laughs> to warm up his coffee mug by filling it with hot water. Oh, baby. Then when it's time to put the coffee in the mug, he has to do something with the water. Drink it? No, no, he doesn't drink the water. Yeah, baby, it's in there. He pours the water into the trash can. And we established yesterday, more than 80% of you who answered in real time during the show, <laughs> Over 2,500 votes cast in all in just one hour. He is a monster <laughs> for pouring water into a standard office-sized trash can. With You saw that thin plastic bag that's in there. We're not talking about a heavy-duty, hefty bag that is impermeable to anything that may put a hole in it and cause that liquid to go everywhere. He pours the water straight in. So just like Michael Scott... With his cockeyed bacon scheme, Chris and his preheated mug, got to do something with the water. Let's pour it in the trash and let someone else deal with it. Good morning, Christopher. How are you? Good morning. How you doing? I know I'm going to have to fix that about myself, but I do challenge the 82%, <laughs> okay, and just go, you know, so what do we do, you know, when I see people eating soup, right? And there's still liquid left on the bottom of that. You know, eat the soup. OK, but there's Wait. a lot of people that don't finish the liquid, right? They don't finish it. They leave liquid there. I'm one that drinks it all. I, I do that. But there's a it lot of people that don't. The other thing. All right. I know. I'm just I'm just I'm just throwing some challenge flags out there. Food for thought here on a Thursday morning. You know, hey, I, I, I generally have an issue with any liquids being dumped into the trash. There's other places for the liquids to go, and for consumable items, just consume them. Yes. Uh, or, or put a lid, a lid, a, a hard lid, not some flimsy lid that when you throw it in, it's going to pop off. So put a lid on the soup 
if there's some soup left that you, for whatever that's reason, that's not happening. You're way, you're thinking well, way then, too then, highly of then, the human race right now. That's not happening. Then, then they're wrong too. It's a lack of consideration of the people who have to deal with our messes. So at least it's only water. I mean, we established yesterday there are worse things you can put in a yes, trash can, including Gloria. urine. Yes. So, <laughs> so uh, at least I killed no grass in the process. <laughs> no. Anything that was in that trash can was already dead. So uh, that was fun yesterday. And it thanks was. to the, the person who pointed out the similarities between Chris's preheated mug and Michael Scott's pre-cooked bacon. Uh, and it's great to be able to use that clip from The Office because The Office is on Peacock. We're on Peacock. It's Boom. nice to be able to do that kind of thing. And uh, if you don't, well, if you're if you're hearing these words as we're speaking them, you have Peacock already, and you enjoy The Office on Peacock. So uh, take a break though for a couple of hours. Listen to what we have to say about the NFL, and then you can get back to Peacock. And Chris, we are here today to talk about everything happening in the NFL. And uh, there, there still are plenty of things happening. You know, I, I'm sure you have this happen to you. You run into people this time of year who say, what do you do in March? What do you do when football season ends? No doubt. It, 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 it doesn't, doesn't end. end. I know. I know. It never ends. <laughs> right. If anything, it gets more hectic. Yeah. It's more challenging. Sure. Because we don't have games to talk about, but there's plenty of news to talk about and digest and analyze. And yeah, it's as busy, if not busier in March and April than it is in any month of the season. No, no doubt. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'd argue it's as busy as it gets in in some fashion, just because of, you know, for a guy like me too, I'm trying to crack through draft players. Right. So I'm watching that. I got a long list in front of me. So that's a little daunting, you know, even with free agency, not that I'm sitting here watching players and breaking down everything like that, but I talk about it a lot of my podcasts, you know, Pete Dimalitolitis, Hey, this guy, that guy, and I, I do want to have a clue when I talk to some of these guys. Oh, you know, I haven't really studied this guy, you know, by himself in a year or so. Let me, okay, let me watch him a little bit and get a feel. All right, now I feel better talking about him. So, yeah, the, the NFL, they've done an amazing job, uh, like we've talked about before, mastering basically 10 out of the 12, 11 out of the 12 months of the year, staying relevant. And, uh, yeah, we're still working, and there's still plenty to talk about. Without the off-season program, if this is some sort of a permanent shift that was sparked by the pandemic, that does slow down oh. the news flow in May and, and somewhat in April. I mean, once you get through the draft, though, because the draft is there to fill the whole month of April, May otherwise is primarily news that comes out of these off-season workouts, the periodic injury that'll happen, a, a torn Achilles. I remember when Michael Crabtree, then with the 49ers or possibly with the Ravens at the time. Well, 49ers, no, 49ers. Popped a, yeah. Popped a, popped an Achilles tendon right. and done for the year and and the things like that you're kind of keeping an eye on. But without off-season workouts, the full-blown thing, there will be a little bit less in May, but but even then it, it, it it's, you're still. not talking about very much of the calendar that truly slows down. And even then, even then there are well, things happening. There are quotes that come out. There are controversies that need to be dealt with. There are people who are miffed about draft picks that were made because it threatens their spot as a veteran. There's always something. Every day of the year for the NFL, there is something. Well, we talked about, like, that's why after the Super Bowl, that's when the coaching hiring process should start. That would extend more conversations to the offseason. Listen, news Ban us talking, the banter, everything like that, that adds to the NFL. So I don't know why they wouldn't like that, and it's good to see that's going to happen. The offseason thing's a real thing. I've been meaning to like, and I know we're going to talk Dak Prescott here in a minute, but the offseason thing where, you know, I've seen some comments over the last month or so about this year proved you don't need an offseason and those type of things. Like, baloney, bullcrap. It's the exact opposite. This year proved you need it. We had people dropping like flies in training camp in the early part of the football season. They were not ready to go. Everybody forgot that come like late December and January, but we talked about it almost on a daily basis, that type of stuff. We've heard Bruce Arians talk about lack of young player development without the off seasons and doing that. And even that, you know, there's a lot of teams with the prior full off seasons who were dealing with a lot of injuries and trying to figure out why. And I'm, I'm just, from what I've been told by a few people in the NFL, the studies are starting to show that the, the lack of, oh, we want to get on the field and only be on there for an hour and 15 minutes and do that type of stuff. 
That's not good. That that is not good. People think they're keeping their players fresh. No, what they're not doing is conditioning them for game circumstances where, you know, you play a few series, you sit on the bench. Oh, you play another, you know, series, you're on the bench for a little while. Oh, it's halftime. Stand around. You got to warm up and do that. You know, the good teams have found ways to, yeah, make the practices longer and maybe not as grueling, but it's more simulation to what the game is. And that's what I've been told by a few smart people in the NFL where the research is pointing, uh, you know, opposite of the team who's, oh, we were only on the field for an hour and 20 minutes today. Our guys are going to be fresh. Yeah, they're going to be fresh, but they're going to be hurt in the second quarter too. Uh, so I, I, I've been wanting to get that off my chest for a while now. So thanks for that. The Bruce Arians comments were right. driven by his belief, and this belief is accurate, that the veterans want to not have the offseason workouts because it does give the younger players less of a chance to develop and ultimately supplant those veterans. Right. And think about how this year is going, Chris, because this is another extension of the cap pinch. And I pointed out yesterday, it's not just a $15.7 million drop. It's a $25.7 million drop minimum because everybody expected it to go up at least $10 million. Yeah, So the difference point, is 25.7. Right. And also there are cash issues that come into play. A GM reached out last night and said, it's not just cap, it's cash. Because yes. we, we paid out 100% of the player compensation last year, but we lost almost 100%, depending upon which team it is, of their ticket sales and their game day revenue. They, they are down money. And where do you come up with the money to go out and sign free agents? Especially if you're not one of these multiple, multiple, multiple billionaires that can just rob Peter to pay Paul and have plenty left over to pay everyone. The the other side of this, yeah. and I see two phases. Phase one, once we get through the bloodletting of all the players who are going to be cut between now and next Wednesday, right. and the free agents who are looking around saying, where the hell's my big contract? Well, I better take what I can get. Once those guys become available and and they're out there and they're looking for whatever they can get, that's when teams are going to say, you know, I got this guy out there who's looking for a job, who's willing to take whatever he can get. Right. I got this guy who I signed to a contract under the assumption that the cap was going to keep going up, and I was going to keep him, but these other guys are better value. He's as good of a player or close, and he's a hell of a lot cheaper. So see you later, guy that – I thought I was going to keep. Right. I'm bringing in guy that I can get for peanuts. And if you take it the next step farther, if there is a full offseason program and you see that seventh round pick, that sixth round pick, that undrafted guy, and you say, damn, this guy, hey, he could, hey, Bob, we think he can hold his own. That's another way you can get rid of six, seven, eight million dollars in cash and cap space by saying to that veteran, hey, wait, so, wait you, we, we, we don't need you anymore. And why don't we need you? Because we found someone else cheap and young who can be a much greater value. So we save cap dollars, we save cash, and uh, that that's exacerbated this year by the pandemic losses. So that's another reason for the veterans to yeah. not want to have off-season workouts this year. No doubt. You know, I, I mean, I want to dive into this, but I, we were going to save this for segment two, so should I just wait before we dive into this or, you know? All right, well, 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 Beat says he wants to do Dak first, but I'm, like, really intrigued by that conversation. So we'll dangle that out there and tease because I think there is a few little interesting angles to that and what happens. But uh, let's, let's get to Dak and the $160 million man. And coming up, we will take a closer look at the salary cap casualties that have already occurred and maybe some of the ones that right. will still continue. One guy who will not be a cap casualty is Dak Prescott, officially signed his four-year $160 million contract yesterday with $75 million paid out in year one. Jerry Jones, who had 30,000 or more fans most of the season, not one of the owners who has to worry about having cash on hand to do business. Here's Dak Signing the contract, uh, and let's hear from Dak first talking about the deal that he signed to stay in Dallas for at least the next four years. I grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan. Never in a million years did I um, imagine not being a Cowboy once I put on this uniform and put on this star. Uh, so through it all, through the two years, I guess you can say, or more, um, there was never a slight doubt in my mind that I wouldn't wear the star for the rest of my life. And as Charlotte told me uh, a couple of days ago, is that when you sign that line, uh, you're a cowboy forever and you can't get out. And uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm excited to be, to be here and to never leave. Um, and I'm excited for what this organization, what this team, 
um, what the fans are going to get, um, and I'm excited just to go do it, uh, and just to know that this is my home. I'm not leaving. Uh, I'm a cowboy, and this is only the beginning. Is uh, just so much excitement um, for everybody that is involved and invested. You did this tag game for almost two years, and it was, you know, it's something that's been talked about. It doesn't seem like you'll have to do that next time yeah. you're available to negotiate a deal. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, any player that's up to negotiation, they have an obligation um, to support and represent the rest of the NFL uh, and where this game is going. And I think Mr. Jones just said it. Uh, this contract shows where this game is going um, financially, right? Uh, not just in the quarterback position, but in, in all the positions. Uh, so obviously, uh, years later, when I'm back at it, it'll be in different circumstances. But I think I had a responsibility and obligation uh, to the other quarterbacks and to the other men and even the guys on my team uh, to get this done. I love the justification yeah, I hear of you. selflessness I you would. to be selfish. Right. 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 But, but, but think about this. But there is truth to In, it. There is truth to yeah. it. But, but think about it. I got every last penny I could get for me. For me, myself, and my family, I got all of it. I grabbed it all. I, sure. I had them over a barrel, and I squeezed as hard as I could. I'm mixing my metaphors, but the point is I was, was selfish to the highest degree because I got to do it for everybody else. I got I to I gotta be selfish to be selfless. I love it. It gets you twisted up in a knot mentally. But he's right. But, man, I, you know, it's just some of the stuff that was said yesterday, and I get it. Yesterday wasn't the occasion to rub anyone's face in it, but this whole idea of cowboy for life, he's a cowboy for four more years. Yeah, right. And the contract was specifically constructed multiple different ways to keep the Cowboys from ever using the franchise tag on him again. We talked about it the other day, all the things they did to make sure that after three years and $126 million, the Cowboys are going to come back to the table. And based upon wherever the cap is then, wherever the cash is then, wherever the game is then, pay him accordingly. So, I, again, yesterday was a day for celebration and happiness and bringing everyone together. But the idea that Dak is guaranteed to be a cowboy for life is ridiculous. And the idea that he did this for all the other guys out there who have contracts that, that at some point are going to be renegotiated – and this allows them to get more. Well, it does, but it's more of an incidental benefit. This yeah, wasn't a right. primary focus. Right. The primary focus is get paid everything right. you can. And if you can say after the fact, I helped some other people, great. That's better than saying I didn't. No, you're right. The primary focus was, you know, maximizing his leverage as you, what you brought up so many times, which he had great leverage in the situation, not only because of the franchise tag and what it would mean for next year if they did it again. And then we talked about the football X's and O's leverage, right? The team's not good. The passing game's the only thing to look at that's an elite unit on their football team right now. And, whoa, we don't have a quarterback for the future to take advantage of that. So his leverage was maximum there. And, yes, for his own reasons, he took advantage of that. And, I'm, you know, I, I know we're the same there. We're never going to be mad at that. Uh, definitely not. Now, there is, you know, that sense, though, in league circles when you get in the NFL and do things like that where – you know, again, a lot of the times we, you know, commend the guy who takes less and do that. But I can say through the years, you know, there'd be players where, wait, this guy's the one or two best players at his position in football, right? And I'd have a teammate who would be going, hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm about to resign a new contract as soon as this year's up. So they were looking at that contract because, oh, hey, I'm just a little bit below that guy, right? And they're looking at that guy going, what's he going to sign for? Because he's going to dictate the market and push it up, hopefully, uh, to where I can maximize more for what I get. And there were instances where that guy who was one or, the, one or two best at their position, they'd sign for less and do the team a favor. And yeah, you'd have guys or that guy I'm talking about in the locker room or guys in the NFL in general who are going, damn. You know, that's going to affect me now. I'm not going to be able to, you know, push my price up here because he didn't really, you know, stress, stress his leverage that he had. So that is a real aspect, and I'm with you. I don't think that's the reason Dak Prescott did that, but it's like the unintended consequence, and it, and it is good for other quarterbacks. Tom Brady is the prime example of that, and there was a period of time from about 2013 through 2017 where the quarterback market stagnated. Yes. And one of the reasons it's stagnating is Tom Brady, who was having a great run in that window, right. was not insisting 
on blowing out yeah. the market, getting the top dollar, and then and that's how it works. The yeah. more you stretch, the more others can fall in behind. It's Rogers not finally the did case it, right? where yeah, it's not necessarily the case where Brady's contract is going to be surpassed. But when Brady's so low, you have two things happen. You have other quarterbacks who have a hard time getting their full value, and you have other members of the Patriots at the time who have a hard time getting their full value because there's always that attitude, spoken or unspoken, who do you think you are? Tom Brady's not taking the maximum money. Why do you think that you have any right to that uh, if he's not? doing it and and so that's the flip side so to the extent that there is an obligation to help others tom brady has not respected that obligation for about 20 years well and there's been some players there right that uh, have been left there and been disgruntled about you know what they made when they were there or and i want to go well that was your fault you guys all drank the kool-aid i don't know what else to say you know you yeah Okay, you took less. You went. You won Super Bowls and did that. But now, oh, now it's towards the end of your career and you're pissed off you didn't make more money. Well, that was your fault. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, so that is that is right. And, you know, I mean, that's where I know Peyton Manning with quarterbacks around the league and just players in general, he was loved that way because he always pushed the market. You know, Brady did that early on in his career, but then, like you said, kind of backed off and just went, okay, let's have a team and do all those type of stuff. But, you know, that, that's a real aspect, and you, you do see that out of the ex-New England players who are a little disgruntled by all that stuff. I know this is about Dak, but let me throw you a curveball. I was yeah. on with Dan Patrick yesterday, and he suggested, what if Tom Brady just says to the Buccaneers, take my $25 million in compensation this year and pay me the minimum. $1.075 million is the minimum for anyone with seven or more years of service. Has to be at least that. What if he would do that? Yeah. And, and it's $23.925 million in cap dollars and cash available to keep the team together. He'd be in the perfect position to do that. And that's the exact opposite of what Dak has done. This is taking as little as possible to make sure that the band can be held together and Tom Brady can pursue number eight. And for him, getting number eight is far more valuable than whatever the Buccaneers could pay him this year. I, I, I Yes, but, you know, it also seems like the time in New England kind of stopped because he felt like they didn't value him the proper way and stuff like that, too. So... Well, the Buccaneers no. value him. They're kissing I know. his butt. They're, I know. He's great. He's the best thing, as you like to say, since sliced bread. Yeah. So, I, you know, uh, they value him. They love him. Hey, hey, baby, let's go. Let's go get another one. And, uh, boy, it'd be nice if we had another $23.925 million. I, I hear that. Uh, you know, but, you know, I, I and, and Tom Brady early in his career, I mean, he literally used to ask and go, I will not accept $1 less than Peyton Manning. And he changed. And I give him a lot of credit for that. We've talked about it. He was forced into a corner a little bit and all that. But... At the same time, I look at it now where I go, no, you know, again, I don't look at him as the best quarterback ever, but I, he's the GOAT. He's bringing so much damn money to that team and jersey sales and all that. You know, that would, you know, it'd be a cool story, but man, I mean, he is some valuable, unbelievable asset. When you talk to people who were at the Super Bowl this year, right, and they were down there in Tampa, my dad, for instance, here we go. He's at the store, and he's going to buy my little boy a a jersey, right? He wants to buy him a jersey. Okay, I'm at the Super Bowl. Let me get one of these jerseys. Oh, he's got him a Mahomes jersey. Okay. He goes over to the rack. There's a huge rack of Tampa Bay jerseys. He starts looking through it. There's nobody on the team other than Tom Brady's jersey there, the whole thing. And, you know, he looks at the woman and is like, it's, it's only 12 jerseys? There's no nothing else? And she goes, yeah, they sell like hotcakes. We don't need another jersey out here. And that just says it. So I don't know. I feel like he's gotten to such legendary status, and I don't know his money situation. We know his wife made a lot of money and all that too, so I don't want to you know, try to act like I know, but I, I, don't, I just feel like it, it, he deserves to be paid at this point. He's a legend. Yeah. He's going to have statues everywhere. He's the man. I have not audited his family's financial statements, but let's just say there's plenty They're okay. <laughs> there. They're yeah. doing fine. Right. But, you know, you're, you're right. He does move the needle. Yeah. Think about it. Starting, and this is a coincidence, this has nothing to do with you, but starting with your arrival, they began to have a hard time filling the stadium yeah. in Tampa. No doubt. And that got worse, not better, and now they can't wait to open the gates and allow right. everyone who wants to attend to attend because they're going to have a full house for the first time since there's 
their first Super Bowl year of 2002. Right. And Brady is the catalyst for that. Remember when Bruce Arians continued to criticize Tom Brady last year? And at one point I was told ownership's not real thrilled with this because their main objective this year is to make sure Brady comes back next year. Right. Because they want to make all the money next year than right. making this year. But anyway, that that's let's get back to Dak well, that. That was a good talk. Let's go back to Dak Prescott. A guy who's made a ton of money over the course of his career and has plenty to burn, but would like to burn as little as possible on his players. Here's Jerry Jones talking about his new contract with Dak Prescott. The decisions that I've had to make in my time with the Dallas Cowboys was to have Dak Prescott as a future uh, regarding the quarterback position of the Dallas Cowboys. The truth is, most anything that I've ever been involved in that ended up being special, I overpaid for. Mm. Every time to the end. Anytime I've tried to get a bargain, I got just that. It was a bargain uh. in a lot of ways and uh, not up to standard. About the time that uh, I thought I had it all figured out, not our deal with Dak, but about the time I thought I had a lot of things figured out, along came COVID. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, I have been in the National Football League when it couldn't pay its bills. That's how I got here. And it couldn't pay its bills. And that's not an exaggeration. And so you've got to look at the lay of the land as it evolves. And anybody that beginning last year didn't look at the overall lay of the land. So I'm going to blame a little of that ambiguity that happened with the COVID business and what have you on any measure that I might have had about, well, is this, is this, uh, how do we go? And really, how do we structure and how do we plan on going forward? We just had luxury. I don't know if that's the case, but we had the ability, uh, I agree with you, that there you could say, well, boy, you sure left Dak hanging out there real good. Uh, well, uh, obviously, uh, he has uh, the temperament for that, and um, I'm, I'm glad here. It's not as simple as Dak wins, Jerry wins, Cowboys win. Let me tell you one thing. The Cowboys won today. Sure. They won today. And I'm excited about this future, and that's what we're all interested in is the future. He is such a good salesman that he could make a compelling case for dumping water into a trash can. That's how good of a salesman Jerry Jones is. is. Because we got to strip all that away. I'm happy to overpay anything great I've ever had. I overpay for baloney. He's always looking for bargains. That's how they got into this problem because they thought they could get Dak to sign a deal that was favorable to them. And they misread his resolve. And they thought he'd be more like Tony Romo, who never pushed the envelope because he was undrafted. And as we said earlier in the week, he's just happy to be here. He already won the lottery by being the starting quarterback of the Cowboys. How much he makes, it's relative degrees. It doesn't matter. He's making more than he ever thought he'd make playing football in the NFL. So they thought they'd get Dak to take less. They painted themselves into a corner, and their only way out was four years, 160, with no way to tag him when this deal expires. And as a practical matter, they got to be back to the table after three years, 126, 42 million a year for the next three years. The rest of it is just talk. And I don't expect him to sit there and say, man, we really screwed up. Somebody asked me the other day who won this heavyweight fight. I said uh, Dak won by TKO because the Cowboys kept punching themselves in the crotch. It's their own fault. They're the ones who made this mess. They're the ones who allowed Dak to get the money that he's going to get. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, they made their bed. They're going to lay in it now, but it's not like that horrible bed to lay in. I mean, certainly not. You know, we've hit all those reasons. And Prescott, you know, brings something to that football team. You know, you say what you want about Prescott, even there in that press conference, once again, it just shows, uh, to me, he just exudes man's man or guy that you want to be a leader. He says all the right things. You know, I know we've said this a lot. He's got, you know, all the tangibles on the field and all the intangibles off the field. And to me, you know, when you are the Dallas Cowboy quarterback, I mean, that's what Jerry Jones wants. He wants that that Roger Stallback, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo, 
you know, there's there's a presence about the guy when he's not in the locker room. When he walks into some, you know, restaurant, you just go, man, look at that guy. That's the man. If there's a man in the restaurant, it's him. There he is. Dak Prescott has that type of presence about him. Yeah, they overpaid. So what? Yeah, I'm not going to buy, sit there and go, oh, anything he's ever done, he's overpaid, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I remember Emmett Smith having to sit out two games, and then he finally overpaid him when he realized, whoa, we're 0-2, and I have a really good football team. And I think this was one of those moments once again where he was just like, okay, all right, he got me. You know, I know they're not in the season and losing games, but he understood the 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 value of Dak and the situation to what his team is at right now. And, you know, we'll go back to something we've been saying for two years. He's not getting any younger. So I didn't I don't think he wanted to like rebuild or try to start and find a new quarterback and roll the dice doing that you know I don't think that had any benefits at this point either so they got it done yeah he overpaid but like you've said many a times too we'll probably look at we're going to look at this contract two or three years from now and go oh you know it's like Aaron Rodgers a few years ago when he signed it we went whoa it's kind of blows everybody out of the water and now you look at it and he's the what the sixth seventh highest paid quarterback uh, I'm not saying it's going to go to that, but it certainly won't be the highest contract in football, you know, after the next two or three years. And, and let me let me address that in a second. But, yeah. but first, I have to say what I have a vision of 11, 12 year old Chris Sims following the Emmett Smith holdout and loving every second of it because it helped the Giants. Oh, what? For Emmett Smith to be holding out and the Cowboys to be losing football games. Yes, I was so disappointed when he came back. You know, that was my my dad, 93 Giants, Dan Reeves' first year there. That ended up being the year where Emmett played the last game of the year and hurt his shoulder and did all that stuff. So, you know, I was very aware at that point of how awesome the Cowboys were. You know, my dad played against them, of course, the year before when they won the Super Bowl. And I remember him saying, even back then, and he'll say it now, it might be the best team I've ever played against. So, and he still holds that. He looks at that 92, 93 Cowboys team as the best team he ever played against in his 15 year NFL career. Uh, and of course, Emma Smith was a big part of that. Now, you touched on the other issue where the money's going to keep going up. And there's this strange narrative that has popped up over the past couple of days. And it is so goofy to me. The idea that Jerry Jones has some sort of magic crystal ball that he knows how much money is coming in the new TV deals. And, and people in the media, are pushing that like they've tripped over some incredible take that no one has considered. Are you freaking kidding me? Anyone who's been paying attention knows what's coming. The TV deals are on the tee. They could be announced this week, and it's going to be a ton of money. This isn't Jerry Jones acting like some oracle. Well, you know, there's going to be a lot of money coming up here. Of course there's going to be a lot yeah, of money coming up. He's front and center I, in that. Of course, but but everybody knows it. He's not privy to some special information. Because, hey, you know why Jerry did this? Jerry knows. This just sounds like some of the same BS we were hearing yesterday. Oh, Jerry knows that more money's coming. Of course it is. Do you think that's why he paid him $160 million over four years? No. He did it because he had to. Because billionaires don't get there and they don't stay there by doing bad deals. You make as much as you can. You spend as little as you can. That's how you get rich. That's how you stay rich. So don't give me this crap. And I've seen it time and again over the past two days. And people are just like lemmings. They follow along. They're, well, yeah, Jerry knows something we all don't know. We all know yeah, that a bunch of money is coming. Park, right? All the owners know that the money is coming. This isn't some opportunity to say, hey, Jerry, you cracked the code again. He didn't. No. The code got cracked on him, and now they spent yesterday making it look like it didn't happen. Well, yeah, uh, you're right. But at the end of the day, at least it's over, and I'm, I know he's, he's happy about that. And he's got his quarterback. He doesn't have to deal with that anymore. And the three one, years. Oh, yeah, I he's know. Got he's got to deal with it in three years. Uh, and the one, thing, the one thing I'll say with Jerry, too, and he brought it up a little bit in that, that part there. Hey, there's a reason Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones. He is one of the the godfather owners of the NFL, right? I mean, you you correct me. You probably know more than I do here. But Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft are the two guys that I think are held in the highest regard as far as the owners because of what they did business-wise for the NFL and growing it and making dollars. At least that's everything anybody I've been connected to knew, right? Like he talked about the NFL couldn't pay its bills, and he, of course, came into the league and changed how they did 
you know, commercial deals and all that type of stuff and uh, and sponsorship and all that. And he's made the NFL a, a powerhouse unlike it ever was before. Uh, I don't know. Am I, am I right about that or wrong? You're right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you know how he changed it? You know how he changed it? He took a page out of the Al Davis playbook. He sued the league for $750 million because they wouldn't let teams cut their own marketing Like the gig. Coke-Pepsi I mean, thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. When, when Jerry Jones showed up in 1989, the NFL was still at that time, for the, for the most part, a bunch of family-owned businesses that had limitations on the extent to which they acted like the billion-dollar businesses they were in the process of becoming. They were still years away from being billion-dollar businesses, but they were on that trajectory. But- they, they didn't have the business acumen to get right. there. So as the as the billionaires out there or people who were on track to become billionaires saw the potential and bought these teams when they became available. And, you know, Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys from the original group that founded the team nearly 30 years before. Right. When guys like him, guys like Robert Kraft, who arrived five years later, other guys who made a lot of money elsewhere and brought those business principles to football, that's what helped turn it into what it now is. So now the prevailing presence is someone who has made a ton of money elsewhere who has bought a football team. There are still the Roonies, the Maras, st- but and the Hallises, yeah, the Caskies. But they're football but, but now, people. But now but and 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 hey, you know, some some of those teams have a hard time keeping up with the Jerry Joneses of the world. Because he brings a business savvy. That's what makes this so ironic that of all the owners out there, the one who got hoisted on his own petard because he misread a negotiation is Jerry Jones. He should be the last one to so badly misread a negotiation. No, you're right. You know, hey, karma even gets billionaires. That's just the way it is. That's okay. This is one I think, you know, like he said, hey, there was COVID and those issues, of course, an injury. They misread, you know, Dak Prescott's, like you said, stubbornness and belief in self and all of those type of things. And he finally met his match there. And, you know, it's all right. He's he's won a lot of the business deals like you've talked about. So it's okay. I'm not going to sit here and shed a tear that he lost one to, to a guy that's a franchise quarterback and done everything right since he set foot in the NFL. He plans to win a business deal this year as it relates to the pandemic. As I mentioned earlier, they had more than 30,000 fans on multiple occasions in 2020. Here's Jerry Jones from yesterday talking about his expectations for 2021. Do I see a more promising economic future for the NFL? Maybe than others. Okay, I've seen that said. This tells you all you need to know about what you think about the future of the NFL. This says that loud and clear. Now we're going to Oxnard. We're going to have training camp. We're going to do it safe. And we're going to have that stadium full. And we're going to do it safe. We had the most out there last year. We're going to do it safe. And we, uh, if, if this contract manifests anything, it's our belief that this decision right here is about how we take the next step today and take on off tomorrow. God, he's, he's, he's buying the BS that he's somehow the only person who understands that the NFL is going to make more and more and more money with the TV deals and the pandemic being over. But they are going to have full stadiums in Texas. I think the Texas, Texas Rangers, Rangers said it, the right? baseball team, they're, they're going to be the first team nationwide to have full stadiums. And look, we're, hey, the, the, the pandemic, I don't want to jinx anything. But the vaccination rollout, yeah, you know, that we're, we're moving the in the attitude. right direction. Right, we're moving in the right direction. I'm getting mine today. Good for I'm getting you. My needle today. Way to First, go. I mean, I I assume it's one of the ones where you have to get two shots. For all I know, it's Johnson and Johnson. I only have to get one. I don't. I, someone who understands this stuff very well, and this is my message to anyone out there who has any misgivings. Right. Get the vaccine, and it doesn't matter which one. They all work, and they're all safe. Get the vaccine. Yeah. But. The bottom line is that's what's going to allow Jerry Jones to make this money back. It's not justification for doing a bad deal with Dak Prescott. They did a bad deal with Dak Prescott. But one way to feel better about it is there's plenty of money that's still going to flow into everyone's pockets associated with the NFL in the coming years. Yeah, that's right. I'm, 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 you know, again, I'm not worried about it. They're going to be fine. He knows what's coming. We all know what's coming. It's the first year ever we've seen a dip in the NFL and what they've made money-wise and all that. 
they're going to be back on that cash cow, you know, by the end of next year. And then we're going to hit on this a little bit in the next segment, which I'm excited to dive into. Yeah, the dip is causing some teams to to give some pink slips out, and that process is going to continue into next week and beyond. We'll talk some about the salary cap purges that have already begun when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. As we pointed out earlier, the cap dropped 15.7 million, exacerbated by the fact that it usually goes up by at least 10 million a year. It has every year since 2013. That's 25.7 million that has caused teams to begin the process of moving on from veteran players. Now, some of these guys would have been cut anyway, but Emmanuel Sanders, would he have been cut by the Saints after only one year with the team? Probably not. Quan Alexander, a guy that arrived late last year, now he had a big cap number for this year. He probably would have still been in trouble anyway, but when you're trying everything you can to get under the cap, these are the people who stand out, and these are the guys who are going to be gone, and it's going to continue. Riley Reef, remember last year the Vikings were going to let him go. They reworked the contract, yeah. and after the season when they gave him a million-dollar bonus because he fell just short of a playing time incentive, I wish I would have said it because my thought was, yeah, they're they're – they're, they're making good with him now because they know they're going to dump him going into 2021, and he was released yesterday. So this is going to continue into next week and beyond as teams consistently scour the roster. Who are the guys that we can move on from and create some cap space, save some cash, and replace with someone who dollar for dollar is a better value than the guy we have? It is a cold, heartless aspect of the business. I asked that question last week to Rick Spielman, the Vikings GM, in just very generic fashion. How do you balance this? How do you do it? He said, that's what we do. That's our obligation. And that, that's the kind of callus you have to have on your soul when it comes to saying, this guy's out, this guy's in. This guy's out, this guy's in. That's the way it goes for NFL teams. Yeah, that's right. I mean, at some point, they just have to look at them as entities and not people, you know. And, and then, of course, when you make that decision as the entity – you try to switch it back to, okay, now let me be a person and call this guy and tell them how grateful I was for that time and all. It's a, it's a delicate balance for head coaches and GMs. You know, it's not easy. It's a special skill set there, too. You know, hey, Kevin Zeitler, you know, on that, that, that uh, little graphic we had, the guard for the Giants. I mean, he's still really damn good. I mean, he's one of the better guards in football still. I mean, I'm not saying top five, but he's top ten-ish. He's really, like – Still a powerhouse. There's a lot of good play left in him. You know, so that, that's like that, that to lose to that guy to be on the street right now. I think in a normal year, I'd have a hard time thinking a guy like that would have been cut to your point. Mike, like, I want to ask you this. Like, there's, I have like two feelings with this. I love, it seems like we're going to be in a hectic offseason, right? I, I really do. I don't know how this is going to work. I think you're going to have certain big time players you know, sit here early on in free agency and expect to get some sort of big offer and it's not going to be to their liking and they're going to kind of wait it out and what's going to happen as we go there. So I love that part of it. 
I mean, it gives us to talk about. It's going to make these teams work and have to be creative. And we're going to see a lot of changeover. That's really cool. But also, like, I don't know, Mike. And, and again, tell me. You know, we just spent a segment talking about, whoa, Jerry Jones knows what's in the future. Yeah, it's a lot of damn money and cash, right? Between the gambling and then the new TV deals and all of that to where there's a part of me that wants to be like, you know, can't the owners take on this burden? Why do the players got to make less money? I, I mean, they're still playing football, you know, again, they're billionaires, and they're going to make more money, as we know, and they know what's coming down the road. So I guess there's a part of me, too, that gets a little bit pissed off. Sorry, Liverpool. And getting, like, where I just go, why are the, you know, why are the players going to have to get crushed through this? And, 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 that, and that bothers me. So go ahead. Correct me or give, give me your stuff here. Two things to remember. Yeah. One, last year the players got 100 cents on the dollar yeah. of everything they were supposed to earn. Nothing was put into escrow. Other sports leagues, they put money into escrow. Let's wait and see. How are we going to deal with the losses? None of the pandemic losses were absorbed by the players in the year of the pandemic. That was the negotiation that was done last year to get the doors open, to get the season on track. Right. But the let me losses, just – Okay. All right. I was just saying, other sports didn't play full seasons either, though. The NFL right. did. No. Okay. But yep. They played a full season. They right. got 100 cents on the dollar. Right. But there were still losses. The, the owners did not get 100 cents on the dollar last year because most of them had empty stadiums or mostly empty stadiums. So the owners took a loss. The game took a loss. If they didn't do the deal last year to spread the losses over three years, the salary cap this year, I was told last week, would be in the range of 160. Could you imagine a drop from 198 to what they thought was going to be 208 minimum down to 160 that's what they were looking at so they've spread it out over multiple years and yes the money will be there this is where the the bs that's been thrown out there to prop up the cowboys getting a raw deal because they allowed themselves to misjudge the room with Dak prescott falls apart because for now we know that there's going to be money in the future for now there isn't for now they're recovering and when you have a business model chris that's premised on sharing the money that comes through the cash register in the unlikely event that there's a year where less money than you thought came through the cash register, that's going to hurt the employees. And yeah, it's less, more money's coming, but for now it's not there. And for now the cap goes down and it could have been worse and it's going to take a few years to recover from it. So that's why we are where we are. Teams would, I'd say a lot of the teams would have rather had a much higher salary cap. They've got the money to deal with it. They've got the cash, and they know right. the future is going to be a lot brighter. Yeah. But you got a lot of other teams saying, okay. hey, this is the deal. This is the deal. This is the life we've chosen. We split the pie, and last year the pie wasn't very big. That's the pie we split. Doesn't matter how big the pie is going to get in the future. Yeah, okay. I know, I know because I know, you know, I feel like we've – We've, I've heard those rumors, too, that certain teams are just like, man, I wish it was, you know, close to what it was last year, whatever. We could have handled it. You know, we're not in that problem. Now, you know, I don't know. You're right. We don't, we don't ever hear about the teams that, you know, go, oh, we have major cash issues or things like that. We, I don't know who There's those, another category. Right. There's what? A, there's a category of teams that planned for this. Right. And saw what was coming and would otherwise have the cash, but they see a competitive advantage in having the cap low AKA because New they were ready for a uh, yes yeah they can hey, if it was 198 we'd be fine but oh, it's one it's 182.5 will be better because we saw this we anticipated this we planned for it and there's a way for the patriots to be in better position relative to their competitors that's part of this too that's the third category you got the haves you've got the have lesses and then you got the haves who are happy to have less for yeah. a year because it helps them in their short-term objectives to establish a winning program. Let, let me ask you this. Like, how do you envision the start of free agency this year, right? Usually we have those first two or three days. That first week is the big money week, right? Where it's just every day we got three or four big contracts and marquee players, and it's awesome. Like, do you think it's going to be the same this year? I mean, just to me, yes. you do, huh? Stars are still going to get paid. The stars are still going to get paid. But it's a second, we saw third ten guys level get guys. franchise tagged. It's the mid-level guys that are yeah. going to get screwed. You're going to have and, – and see, what's going to happen is 
there's going to be more guys who think there are stars than there are stars. That's a good point. And there's going to be guys with expectations, and their agents are pumping up their heads about, oh, boy, how about this? Oh, you're going to get – and then you find out it's not there. Now, the agents need to do a very good job during this tampering time, illegal for now, legal next week, to know what their guys are worth so they can set their expectations so they're not stunned when the numbers aren't there. You know, hey, I've been talking to some of these teams. It's just not there. you got to be ready for this. It's not going to be. I don't see it coming. you got to tell them now so they're not floored next week when they don't get their big offers. But I think the true star players are going to get a significant offer or 10 franchise tags wouldn't have been used this year. Yeah, You don't use those franchise tags if you think the guys are going to walk out the door to some gigantic offer or if they're not going to walk out the door to some gigantic offer somewhere else. There's no reason to use the franchise tag if you don't fear that. So... I think the stars will get paid, and there always is going to be a team that makes a business decision, not a football decision, to, to go out and grab that guy on the first day of free agency to sell tickets and sell jerseys and all that stuff. So uh, that, that's, that's yeah, how I think I'm it's going to go. I'm interested to see how this plays. Guys in the middle are going to get screwed. That's what's going to happen, and they need to be ready for that. We have a business decision that Pete tells me we must make. He says, go to break. I'm kind of tempted. The devil on my left shoulder is tempted to say, screw Pete. We're just going to keep going. But I, There's uh, more I, I want to talk know, about here, but we can hit it another we'll, time. We'll, 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 find, we'll find time to yeah. talk about it over the course of the next day, week, whenever. You know, you can you could always you could always work Friday if you want. Um, Hold on. Let me so. check my schedule. Oh, no, I can't. Sorry. We'll be, See you Monday. We'll be back <laughs> with more PFT Library after this. And, uh, whoa, impressive. Yeah. Go impressive. OBJ. Odell Go Beckham. OBJ. I'd say, I'd say the knee is fine. His salary becomes fully guaranteed next week. Working his way back from that torn ACL. Rob Gronkowski also has reiterated. It's just, it, it amazes me how when someone's already said, I'm coming back. And then they say again, I'm coming back. People act like he didn't say before I'm coming back. There's never been a doubt that Rob Gronkowski's coming back. But he talks to someone and they hype it up. They send out the links. Oh, hey, Rob says he's coming back. Yeah, he already said he's coming back. But uh, I guess that's what makes the media world go round, Chris. It's, you know, if you can if you can hype it up again and people will click on it again, then what the hell? You may as well do it. I shouldn't be complaining about that. Oh, by the way, I can report exclusively. Rob Gronkowski is coming back. <laughs> you're a jerk. Uh, no, I, I mean, you're right. I, I You know, the, the one thing I want to see is just, is he coming back? For the Bucks, a hundred percent for sure. I mean, I would expect that, but you know, I do look at Miami with all the New England people they have down there. They got some cash. He doesn't want the New England people. Okay, New well, England's no fun well, for New him. New England could be fun without Bill Belichick. It's not as they're not. These guys aren't you always know, like that when they leave there. You know, the the one place he'd go, but they already have a pretty damn good tight end, a better tight end right now than Rob Gronkowski. Las Vegas is where I could see Rob Gronkowski go. Jo- Johnny G would love him. There that would no be doubt. perfect. He'd- but they got Darren Waller. Sorry, yeah, Rob. We don't okay. need you. We got somebody better. We'll be right back. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 